Hello, everyone. Welcome to King's Talk, presented by Cap City Crown. This is Tony. With me, as always, we have the one, we have the only, we have the John. Hey, John. How's it going? I like the John. Like, the John. I'm, I'm I like the, the bathroom. The John. Yeah. I'm just not, I'm not a John. I'm the John. You're not okay. Kevin John. You're the John. No, I'm not that good. Kevin John is probably my favorite sports guy. Because he's just, he's got that, uh, Got that childlike wonder. He's got that electricity. Feels amazing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Kevin. Kevin John. Really. Uh, we're starting with that. <laughs> we're keying out the podcast. The thumbnail should just be Kevin John's face. Um, well, I mean, we're here again a week later uh, after talking to you last week, um, and the Kings have played a game, a preseason game, um, but still. Kings basketball, right? We're back. We it, maybe it wasn't the most pretty of games, but I mean, I mean, should we overreact? Just blow up the team. Just that was they were terrible. You got to trade some bonus, dude. Fox is really only going to score two points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just blow it up. This is terrible. Just blow it up. Keegan Murray, fucking one for five from three. Get him out of here. <laughs> just trade them but um i mean what what are your takeaways <laughs> what are your takeaways from the game what do you want to talk about because that's um, clearly going to be a major talking point yesterday's yesterday's loss or two days ago if you're listening to this on tuesday as you right. all have to at least um well there's a couple of takeaways just but from that game and from what's been talked about at camp and whatnot but very clearly it seems like the main topic this season is playing with physicality and um yeah you know i guess uh, the result was mixed in the first of five preseason games that occurred less than a week after the started training camp i think given that it was a good start I think the first five or six, seven minutes of the game with the starters out there, they looked awesome. But of course, Tony couldn't watch that because. Um, yeah, let, let's talk about the real issue. It was trying to watch that game. I, I live within 75 miles of the Golden One Center. That was one of the criteria to watch the game on kings.com. Uh, I knew several people who meet, met that criteria as well, and they weren't able to watch the game. I wasn't able to get on until like what midway through the second and by that time it was like we're down by 10 and also i had i had the i had it on my computer and then behind me i had the uh cowboys uh niners game um have you do you know how that game ended i know you said you're gonna watch that later i've not had a chance to watch it but if i you know i think my suspicions were probably correct because i didn't hear any outrage from people but i've kind of avoided seeing it i haven't been able to watch the game but i'll put it on but i had a feeling and tell me if i'm right i had a feeling the 49ers that wasn't even going to be a close game uh yeah the cowboys are kind of overrated in my opinion yeah Um, you're you're very correct the 49ers (laughs) are very clearly probably the best team in football so yeah was it was it a 20 point margin was it a 25 point margin was it smaller than that it was larger than 25. Oh, my God. Well, great. Then I probably won't watch it. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a schlack show, as I like to call it. Um, That's good. Yeah. I'd love to see it. Screw the Cowboys. America's team, my ass. <laughs> America's team. And the Cowboys get so much hype every year. Seriously. 
You still lose in the divisional round or the wild card. With Prescott throwing like three picks. <laughs> we uh, need you to make a big play. I think he threw three picks last night. It's funny. Really? He, he was calling it. Yeah, he did. Dak's, Dak's going to Dak. I'm going to look up the stats. Well, <laughs> I'll do that later. But I think <laughs> we're talking about now. Kittle did had Purdy, three Did Purdy throw any picks? Um, I don't, I don't think so. Good. I turned it off after 28 to 10. <laughs> I, was, I was like, I am done. And then I like looked, I'm like, it's 42 to 10. That was a, Oh my score. God. They held him to 10 points the whole game. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Yeah. It was, it was, it wasn't close. So, I mean, I felt like that game would have prevented people from like overstreaming the the Kings preseason game, but it sounded like I know. Is that I mean that's what had to have happened, right? And the the, the crap. I don't know. It was I don't know what's going on with Kings.com. I mean, some of my buddies weren't ever ever able to turn on the game. I don't know what I got. I don't know why I got lucky and was mm. finally able to. But um, yeah, I mean, I did miss the starters. I got to watch. You know, um, uh, I don't know. Jalen Slauson play. The third unit was pretty good. We'll we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, not for Jalen Slauson necessarily, but Jalen Cold Slaw Slauson, <laughs> the son of Cold Slaw. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's uh, funny. But it's just so funny because they're like, yeah, it's the return of ba- it's the Canada series, the return of basketball to Vancouver, and you cannot watch it. It was like, okay, fantastic. Yeah, I actually went out of my way to because I wanted to make sure I watched the game. I purchased one of those one game, like one time, one game purchases on NBA League Pass, and they dicked me. They didn't even like let me watch it. No, like, no, you got to upgrade to watch this game. <laughs> like, okay, I want my six dollars back. This is stupid. NBA League Pass. I'm calling them out on the pod. Call them out. I'd be hearing from my lawyer. I know. I mean, there's what five preseason games, right? We're um, yeah, we're down one, and I just can't wait till it's just on like NBC Sports. I, I, I think hate. It, I'm guessing it wasn't on NBC Sports because they were probably doing 49ers coverage. That's true, but I want to say last preseason it was only like I think I think the last game or something was on Kings or was on NBC Sports, but I think the majority were on Kings.com. Mm, uh, yeah, I remember that. I think it was at least one or two, and I think there was only four preseason games last year. Yeah, but I think they had one on NBC, and I think I think the last game, uh, I think our last preseason game. No, maybe it's not our last one. Our second to last against the Warriors. I think our last one's against the Jazz. I think we go back to back with the Jazz yeah. in preseason and start the season. Uh, I think that one's going to be on ESPN though. The Warriors one on whatever date that is, the last preseason game. <laughs> I don't know. Ten. Oh something. great! I think they play a back to back in the preseason. I think it's like Tuesday, Wednesday. What? Yeah, I know they're gonna be freaking tired, you know. Dude, it's ridiculous. Yeah, we need to, we need to, we need to revise the preseason schedule. Get the it's ridiculous. They're getting too tired. It's too much travel. <laughs> Got to go up to Vancouver. Vancouver, dude. Rogers Arena. Make Bibby. The Bibs. The like Bibs. He's gonna be in sack this weekend at Urban Roots. If anyone's interested, they're gonna record an episode of All the Smoke, which I believe's. Matt Barnes' show. Um, I think you. I think you can buy tickets to go watch it or meet at one of the two. If anyone cares, <laughs> we should do that for Cap City Crown. Yeah, we're doing a live show. And it's like nobody shows up. <laughs> hilarious. We're gonna do a live show at, at Mel's Diner. <laughs> Mel's Diner on Cadillac Drive. 
<laughs> Let's see. They they do not have a back to back. You're just wrong. Um, they, they play. Don't. Am I not looking at this correctly? The 18th and the 19th. Oh, oh yeah. No, you're right. <laughs> you're yeah. Right. Oh, what a surprise. Oh, you're correct. <laughs> <laughs> looky, looky. But isn't the 18th a Sunday? Or am I stupid? No, the 18th is a Wednesday. Are you looking at um? You're looking at uh November maybe. Oh, the 15th is that a Sunday? Yes, that's the okay. Game. That's the ESPN game. It's the, they have back to back games against the Warriors, and then they have oh. legit back to back games in the, the like days. So yeah, uh, yeah, that's our. I guess I, that's my excuse. A regular but, uh, schedule for the Sacramento Kings. Yeah, but we play the Lakers tomorrow. Or uh, if, uh, sorry. I was on my Instagram looking at the the preseason schedule because I have it on our Instagram page. And I accidentally like swiped up. So I got a real star playing. Uh, And like a Tommy Lee Jones in it. I don't even know. I exited out really quick. But it was kind of fun. That was a nice little. Nice little uh, sound bite. Yeah, Tommy Clee, oh, dude. Tommy Clee Jones. Um, but anyways, back to the game. Why people tune in to listen to us? Probably um, unless they just love our comedy and our banter. Um, I think I think they're mixed on that. <laughs> let us know if you like it or if you hate it. Um, yeah. Probably won't. Tell us what's stop funny. Us. Tell us what's not funny. I'm trying yeah. to gauge your guys's interests yeah it's all about the viewers and the uh listeners mm-hmm. so, yep it's all about you guys it's all about you guys if you guys want us to talk about how the cowboys suck let us know yeah we'd be happy we, to spend 40 minutes on that easy to easy to fill up 40 minutes on that like sleep number beds i can tell you if you sleep on a sleep number bed you're gonna throw three picks <laughs> just the way it's gonna be it's the way it's gonna be yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's just facts. <laughs> facts. Uh, but, um, you know, like I was saying, the start of that preseason game was really good. The Kings got out. They're playing fast. They're playing with that next play speed, as Mike Brown always said, says. And, uh, the, and the physicality looked good, you know. I mean, you don't really get too worried about the physicality of a guy like Sabonis. Uh, he's always a pretty physical player, boxing guys out. Uh, despite not being a shot blocker, he knows how to apply vertical pressure. And then obviously on the offensive end, he's the most physical player on the team, arguably. Darren Fox, kind of the same deal. I mean, you didn't see a ton of like ball pressure from him. I mean, he only they didn't play a ton of minutes, obviously. But he had, a, I think he guarded Scotty Barnes at one point, and he gave up a, he, he, you know, Barnes scored, but it was an admirable effort. Uh, Fox, obviously, I think we saw him really take on uh, an added emphasis to on-ball pressure in the playoffs. You can't expect that from him every possession on defense during the regular season, given what he does on the offensive end, and given the fact that you got a guy like Davion Mitchell there who can always kind of pick up the slack. But both of them looked pretty good. You know, Harrison Barnes was Harrison Barnes. Not a lot of examples off the top of my head from him, but getting involved both inside and out on both ends of the floor, rebounding, whatever, you know, you kind of got to get that out of Barnes. Uh, Herter and Murray, not much from Herter in terms of physicality. I think he did a pretty good job of getting his hands on cutters early. Same with Keegan Murray. 
Murray uh, drew a charge, I think, in the second quarter, and then he and Davion came up with a steal, or one of them had a steal, as Murray provided some pressure up near the top. So they did a good job starting out, kind of applying the lessons that are being really emphasized in camp. You know, again, they have referees there, but they added, you know, I, while that's not a new thing, it was interesting to hear players talk about that. I think Darren Fox brought up the fact that they have referees at scrimmages and practice and stuff like that. Not out of the ordinary, but definitely useful given the emphasis again on the physicality. But it seemed like as other guys came in, things kind of got out of sorts, kind of tying everything together as a cohesive unit kind of got screwed up. And obviously the offensive drought didn't help and the game kind of quickly spun out of hand. Um, and then that second unit was not extremely good. I think Davion was all right. He was pretty good. He was obviously providing his ball pressure and playing with the confidence that he's playing with that we can talk about later. Uh, I think Trey Lyles attempted to draw two charges. I think he failed on both of them, but oh, he might have gotten one. But, you know, Trey Lyles, good frame on that guy. He's always going to keep guys out of the paint and whatnot. And then JaVale McGee was pretty solid in terms of being a rim protector. But it seemed like that second unit as a collective group was pretty bad. I mean, you saw it in the, f- the third quarter when they started it. That was just – that was awful. I don't know what they got outscored by, but I think, like, Toronto went on, like, a 15 to, like, two run at one point or something. And they couldn't mm-hmm. really stop anything. And it seemed like when Toronto started playing fast and picking up their pace – it was almost like, well, there was no chance for them to be physical, and it was just sloppy and messy. But things kind of returned to a little bit more physical play. Honestly, kind of surprised by this, but Colby Jones in that third unit, Mike Brown said they were great. He was very happy with them. And I think Colby Jones was kind of like, he looked really good on both ends. Uh, He did a good job of navigating through screens, which he did really well at Xavier. Uh, he, he was, you know, moving around, cutting, finding open spaces, getting into the corner to spread the floor. He was, he looked really good. He looked really solid. That's another guy we can talk about a little bit later, but in terms of that physicality, wasn't great through and through in the game, but I think it was a decent start. Again, considering the fact that it was the first preseason game, they started training camp less than a week before, you know, they started on Tuesday and then they played a preseason game on Sunday, got off to a good start from the starters, but you know, it'll be interesting to see what happens against the Lakers. Uh, but with that being the key focus of the team, it seemed like a decent start, but they're obviously going to have to keep working on it. And it's so key for their defense. If they're going to improve their defense, they've got to be able to play physically and be, you know, up into the ball and whatnot for a full 48 minutes, which Mike Brown wants. And that's that whole taking that step from good to great. So whether they can do that or not, I mean, that's a tough task at the end of the day. It remains to be seen, but, you know, I give them like a C plus in terms of physicality in that first game, which is solid for a start, you know, like taking a test without studying. Like you get a C plus, it's decent. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. I don't think it was bad. I think they got a chance to be a good physical team this season, but they clearly have a lot to work on. Mm -hmm. And hopefully it's just, you know, Mike Brown and company, Jordy, can just instill that in them that they need to be more physical. And I mean, he's making it a point, so that's a good, it's a good start. And I don't know. 
I think it needs time too, because I think one of the main guys that I would point out was not or did not balance the physicality without fouling as well was Chris Duarte, who had four fouls in about 13 and a half minutes of play. There were moments where it seemed like he wouldn't fight through screens or would not get up on the guy quite as much. And then he kind of started to do that and he started to pick up some fouls. Um, but he's a new guy and he's figuring things out and, you know, kind of playing with that second unit. And uh, it's not as easy to kind of get integrated in the second unit when you're not really playing with, you know, such, you know, beneficial guys to play with like Fox and Sabonis and things like that. But yeah, that second unit sucked. They had really bad. I don't even think Monk had a very good game. Monk kind of looked a little. They had (laughs) their plus minus. Like all of them have like a minus of 20. Even Dave. You know? Yeah, yeah. It was minus minus nineteen for Lyles and McGee, minus twenty one for Duarte, and minus twenty two for Monk and Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, it's it pretty rough. That third quarter really did them in. What was what was the third quarter margin? It was like um, uh, it was like nineteen really to twenty six, and then the second quarter was twenty to thirty four. So that was even worse. So they Jeez. defended a little bit in the third quarter, but yeah. That third unit, though, I mean, 25-17 to 17 advantage in the fourth. They got the game within. I mean, it didn't end up being too much of a blowout. They only lost by 13 points. But Yeah, that third unit, I mean, everyone was in plus after that. They were solid. After, after uh, Alex Lynn came in. And again, a- <laughs> good old Al a. Lynn. But like on that third unit, kind of talking about adjustments like if we're talking about the second unit with some of the newer guys needing to adjust and a reason why the third unit might look so good i mean keon ellis colby jones kessler edwards jalen slosson those guys all played together in summer league so they they have good chemistry or at least better chemistry and they have a little bit of a head start on kind of being integrated and playing as a cohesive unit so it's it, with that in mind it's almost not too surprising that they were one of the better groups. If, I mean, they were the best group in the eyes of Mike Brown. Um, but kind of zooming out of that, it's just like, again, it's like first preseason game. They're going to get more in sync. And with that, it's not a bad start. Not a bad start at all. But definitely something to keep an eye on. Uh, nothing for certain yet. Uh, I think Mike Brown talked about it. He said that it was funny because he said it, it, it this week. And I remember I was looking for this quote because he'd said this last year in like January or February. And I was looking for it. I spent, I remember I spent like an hour and a half looking for this quote and I could not find it where he was talking about how they play at home and how sometimes they expect with the great crowd things to happen to them. Uh, I couldn't find that. But then he said it again basically this week. And, you know, that's going to be something to kind of pay attention to when the season starts. I wouldn't be surprised if they they show great physicality on the road, but are they going to be able to do it at home? I mean, that's the big question. Are they going to be better at home? Can they do that? Can they bring it? Can they have the presence of mind to be on it and not rely on what is probably one of the best home crowds in the game? So it takes time, I guess, and kind of repetition. And, you know, if they can – go ahead and put in the effort and have the understanding that they it's on them to play with that style. If they want to win, you know, it, we'll just have to see if that happens, but they know the intense there. I think everybody's aware of what's going on. It'd be interesting to see how it plays out because mm-hmm. that defense depends on it. Yeah. But interesting start. 
you know, I don't pay too much attention to that score in a preseason game. Again, the starters look great to start. I mean, they were up like like 20 to like 13 or something at one point. I mean, they got off to a – that's not like a not blowing them out, but they uh, did a pretty good job. And then near the end of the quarter, Toronto kind of started scoring a little bit. But, again, I mean, like for a first game with the return of basketball to Vancouver that nobody got to see, it, <laughs> it was not terrible. But, the return to Vancouver. But, uh, you know, kind of getting <laughs> – go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say the highlight. <laughs> the NBA preseason basketball. Well, I mean, like the highlight sounds like all these teams playing like these international teams. They yeah, have, how come the Kings don't? I know with Vizenkov there, you think that would have been freaking great. Olympiakos. Olympiakos. I love saying Olympiakos. Just like such a fun word. Such a fun name. Olympiakos. Yeah. I remember when we first started talking about Vizenkov, I, I kept calling it Olympicanos. <laughs> I saw it. I'm just like, I'm not even gonna try. Something like I hate those words where I'm like, what? And then they say it. It's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> but like looking at it, it's like so intimidating. Like, well, I was listening to because I was streaming the game on like one of them not so legal sites, and it was because they always have the home team commentators. So it was Toronto's commentators. And they're like, yeah, Sasha Vizenkov out of Olympicos. <laughs> <laughs> they said something like that. It's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> But I guess another takeaway from that preseason game uh, was the fact that, and maybe this isn't surprising, but JaVale McGee got first nod at the backup center minutes. Looked really good. Kind of seems like he, I, I don't see him, like, I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Mike Brown in the second preseason game swaps it and gives Len those kind of primary backup minutes just to kind of give him an opportunity. Also wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't because <laughs> Len didn't get a ton of op- opportunities last season. And, you know, uh, you can never rule out the fact that Mike Brown's going to stick with this guy. And I think Deuce Mason asked him about the backup five, kind of noting the fact that you have JaVale, you got Len and you have Lyles at the five. And he asked him a good question. Like, are you going to stick with one guy? Is it going to be more matchups based kind of playing the hot hand? What's it going to be? And Mike Brown was like, well, whoever we go with, we're going to go with. And if, and if we need to make a change, we'll make a change. So sounds like it's going to be not so much matchups based, that he's going to have a guy in mind. He's going to have a pretty specific rotation in mind and uh, a backup center in mind. But seems like JaVale kind of has that right now. And he looked pretty good. Uh, he, 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 again, moves well as an interior defender, altered some shots. I think he blocked a few. And I think one of the more important things, and I remember last season watching a few preseason games, I think Monk hooked up with Rashawn Holmes on a few alley-oops. And it was like, oh, hey, maybe that could be a nice little like two-man game in the second unit, Monk and Holmes. That obviously never materialized. Uh, you couldn't quite get that as much out of Metu. I mean, he was he, he can be a lob. He, was, he could have been a lob threat, but he was more of like a dump-off, kind of in the dunk spot threat more than anything. But... I think Monk hooked up with JaVale in like two or three alley-oops. And, you know, I think that that can kind of be a big help um, because adding that two-man game element without having to have Sabonis out there, uh, you're not really losing so much in terms of being able to create between the big at the elbow and um, the primary ball handler being Monk. 
So that was kind of promising. I think that could be a really good fruitful combination. I don't see that fizzling out the way. It's not like the Monk Holmes one fizzled out. It just really never materialized. But I just I, feel like JaVale and Monk, like they're just going to complement each other well in that second unit. If McGee is that first guy off the bench or plays with Monk, um, this, they're just higher energy guys and they're rim runners or, or I mean, McGee's a rim runner and Monk's the ball handler, but they're quick and, you know, they're flashy guys too. So uh, I, I think that's going to be a nice connection we're going to see go into the season for sure. Yeah. I mean, and that's just, that's just terrific. Um, but, you know, JaVale, not only is he, again, I mean, I feel like we always got to bring up the multifaceted elements of JaVale McGee. And I think one of the things that we really like about him now is just his interviews. I think he, you know, on media day, he was pretty funny and uh, being himself. And then I think the first question he got asked on Wednesday, cause he, he did some media availability interviews and, uh, Tony Harvey asked him like about his defensive philosophy and McGee's like, what do you mean by philosophy? And then like, you know, Harvey was going to explain and McGee kind of stopped him and was like, my philosophy is stopping the other team from scoring. <laughs> it's just like, next question. <laughs> so JaVale McGee, all business while also being kind of funny about that. <laughs> uh, you know, we had questions about McGee, you know, we'll have to see what happens during the season, but I think that whole McGee thing is working out soundly and probably as Mike Brown and Monty McNair wanted to. So that's a good sign. Um, JaVale Maniac McGee, dude. The Maniac. The Maniac. Maniac McGee. McGee. Yeah, he's a guy. I like him a lot. Double zero. Double zero. Last worn by Willie Trill. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's funny. Hopefully it's not the same fate in Sacramento. Willie Trill. He's going to guard all five positions out of college. <laughs> <laughs> JaVale's just going to start dressing up like him and get like tattoos on his face. Yeah, and get him tatted. I'm an Instagram influencer now. <laughs> I'm assuming that's what Willie Trill does now. Uh, I don't know. Willie, I remember Willie, he was just like, yeah, my passion's not basketball. He's almost like Jokic, but like, like the opposite in like basketball talent. <laughs> James Wiseman. Wiseman's not all about basketball. No, he's that not. Was, yeah, that was kind of what the Bay Area sports media would talk about a lot. They'd be like, "Yeah, this guy's not all in on basketball. He clearly doesn't love the game." It's so funny. It's it's crazy how you can get that far. I mean, just making it into the NBA in general, and just like not not it being your favorite thing. Yeah, it's, I think it's, it it's impressive. With, it's like them being like these like physical specimen being gifted with good size and athleticism. And then as soon as things kind of get hard, it's just like, I don't want to do this anymore. That's why Jokic is so funny right now. <laughs> just like, just winning MVPs, winning finals MVP, winning championship. <laughs> just like, I think the reporter asked him on media day. So, so how many times do you like uh, touch a basketball? And he's just like, he's clearly just like upset to be there. It looks like he's just like, <laughs> he's like, oh, I don't know, maybe once. And Jamal Murray's like, he hasn't, he hasn't touched a basketball. And then you know he's going to go out here and average a triple double and probably take the Nuggets back to the finals. Yeah, he's just funny. It's it's inspired to be like Jokic, you know, <laughs> whatever field or whatever you do in life. Everybody wants to be like Jokic. Just wake up and just do it. Just be the best at it and yeah. not really care about it. He is like a gamer. He's a video game guy. You know, they just 
Dude. Is he? Hey, I paused my game to be here. That shirt. <laughs> He's a horse guy, though. He loves his horses. That's right. That's fucking hilarious. No horse racer. It's like the little, like I don't even know what kind of horse racing that is. Where you're like, you have the horse, and you're like on a little wagon behind it. <laughs> is that the horse racing he does? Yeah, like look up you on YouTube, like like his his horses, and he's just like riding around, and <laughs> sitting back with his big old long legs, like on these. <laughs> looking like he's giving birth or something. <laughs> I love Jokic. He's like the. It's hard. It's hard not to like that guy. Oh my goodness! Yes, he's, he's fantastic, and it's just like, man, Europe is killing it in terms of basketball, dude. I know Toronto's is... got fucking what's his name, Rokovic or whatever. I forget the Toronto Raptors name coach, but oh yeah, yeah from um, Darko something Rovic. Yeah, where's he from? Serbia. Yeah, and uh, he was talking because I was watching that Toronto broadcast. And the interesting thing is in Europe, it's like, and you see this with Jordi Fernandez because he got a degree in this. I mean, he got a master's. He wrote a thesis on coaching. But he's Darko is like, you you know, to coach in Europe, you have to have a degree in it. You know, that's so interesting. Like, they come at it with such a you know like meticulous understanding of the game. And uh, I mean, you saw it with the Raptors. I mean, at a certain point, they really started playing really well. They were playing fast, unselfishly. It'll be interesting to see what they do because Toronto still has a good little lot of players there. Um, I don't know what the whole future of Siakam and OG Ananobi is, but man, I mean, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what he can pull off up there. Mm-hmm. It is, Otherwise, I'll have to fire him and then hire Jordy Fernandez, you know? Yeah. Canada national team coach. Canada national, dude. Jordy. Didn't they beat the USA? Uh, yeah, I believe so. Dylan Jordy! him down. Good shit. What's up, Canada? Can- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm from uh, Canada. Yeah, I'm from Canada. 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 It's like Canada. Dude. Um, <laughs> next topic. <laughs> next topic. I guess another thing, because talking about some of the things we were looking forward to seeing in the game. One of them was obviously Keegan Murray handling the ball more, playing the three. Technically, he was guarding OG Ananobi to start the game, uh, which would indicate that he was starting at the three. I think the Raptors broadcast had him listed at starting at the three. I don't know if that really matters, because if you remember correctly in the two games against the Raptors last season, I think in that first one in Toronto where Mike Brown got uh, kicked out of the game and Jordy Fernandez got his first win as a head coach, oh, yeah. uh, Harrison Barnes won the defensive player of the game chain because i think siakam had a pretty decent first half but barnes just shut him down in the second half and i think they had him on him in the second game in sacramento so it's not surprising that they would kind of have barnes playing that four role and really honestly we talked about it at the end of last season it's like well murray kind of already plays the three sometimes but the real question is not so much about positioning who you're guarding the question now is about him creating with the ball, bringing the ball up, being able to be a creator um, with the ball in his hands. Something which Murray admitted, he said he was a bit of a liability in last season. He said uh, in one of his interviews this week that, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's like he relied so much on his teammates and it's kind of up to him to step up. And Mike Brown says that uh, his aggressiveness is welcome and it's kind of expected of him. Uh, Mike Brown said he... Kind of, he, he was satisfied with the aggression 
in the ability to bring the ball up, although it wasn't a huge sample size. Um, but I kind of suspect that Mike Brown is kind of saying that kind of as a starting point, kind of working into it. I don't think he's going to hit the ground running in the first preseason game doing that. I think he was bringing the ball up at one point and Siakam had some pretty good ball pressure on him. And Murray just doesn't have the ball handling skills to get out of that. And I think the ball got knocked out of bounds. They had to re-inbound it and Murray did not handle the ball, I think, for that possession. But, you know, uh, that is obviously a work in progress for Murray. I don't think that's going to be smooth off the bat. I think he can make an adjustment quickly. We'll have to see about that. But, yeah. And I also wondered, I feel like he hesitated on a few threes. And some of the threes that he got off, his shot form looked funky, almost like he wasn't set or ready to shoot it. And I think he only went one for five from three. So it sounds like he's maybe got to balance it out a little bit better too, kind of playing off ball and maybe mixing in a few creation opportunities. But not a terrible start, but he obviously did not look like California classic Keegan Murray. (laughs) No. Um, Yeah, it's definitely a new role he's going to have to learn, like being off ball, being on ball. Um, He still is, I mean, sorry, it's my ice maker behind me. (laughs) Yeah, he's uh, he still looks a little timid with the ball, maybe a little like unnatural with his, I don't know. It's just like, he's not comfortable. I guess is the better word dribbling the ball. Um, you can just tell him bringing it up, but I mean, this is the time to use it. And there's, you know, my ice maker again. Um, (laughs) (laughs) it's like Wee Herman's house where like all the furniture starts talking to you. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm just going to keep going. Okay. Um, (laughs) Yeah, he's just got to get used to it. I, I, I'm interested to see how much they're actually going to use him um, on ball uh, or with the ball on offense during the regular season just because he still seems kind of far off to actually being able to do stuff like that in an actual NBA season game. I don't know. At this point, like, even in summer league, he didn't look like the best, but he was playing against, you know. Exactly. The, I mean, not how can you NBA handle talent. the ball? against NBA defenders. And it's like Keegan Murray's biggest weakness throughout, I mean, coming out of college and throughout his first season, I think is ball handling. I think that's a fair thing to say. And I just don't know if that's quite up to speed yet. And I don't know how much that can improve throughout a season. I think it's better, but I wonder how fast this, this progression is going to occur. But I mean, there's so many primary ball handlers. It's just about getting Murray in the mix, you know, giving him a few opportunities in that regard. I mean, you got obviously Fox, Sabonis, Monk, Mitchell, even Herter when in the two-man game with 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 uh, Sabonis is fantastic. And uh, you know, we'll see how Duarte works out and things like that. But there are a lot of guys, so it's just kind of not necessarily being the guy. And I don't think anybody expects that, but just getting in the mix there. Um, mm-hmm. but it's going to be steep. It's, it's tough. It's definitely going to require one of those miraculous Keegan Murray adjustments. I think he can do it. How fast this might, this one might take a little bit of time. Yeah, I think so. I think it's going to take longer, maybe like towards the end of the season or, I don't know. I think we'll see him sprinkle, like bringing the ball up and then he's going to do a turnover and they just like stop doing it. And then they try it again, like a month later. And then, I don't know, <laughs> so that's how I kind of see it. It, it. He hasn't convinced me yet that he can bring the ball up or handle the ball against NBA defenders. Um, yeah. Can he eventually? Yeah, but 
I don't see it happening that much this year. But I th- maybe maybe at least like trying to run an offense or anything. I can't see him giving him the ball more to do like I guess one on one. Maybe in the post or like in the mid range game a little more so from uh, beyond the arc. Uh, I think he is decent down there, but actually yeah. bringing the ball up, I don't think that's going to be his gimmick. But maybe give him more one on one opportunities. I could see that a lot more. Yeah. I would almost, I mean, and I still agree with what we're saying here, but maybe giving him the benefit of the doubt, Toronto's a really long and athletic and defensively talented team. I mean, you're mm-hmm. and Ananobi. That's difficult. I mean, those guys are really going to make your ball handling deficiencies glaring. So maybe it looks a little bit better against the Lakers. Who knows? Um, but if he's got someone like Jared Vanderbilt or something like that on him, like that's not going to be any easier. So it'll be interesting to see there. But I will say this about Murray. I feel like he had a few finishes at the rim. I think he had a he had a dunk to start the game. And uh, his confidence and his ability to finish, I think, is better. Uh, there's clearly improvements to his game. And if he shoots the way he shot last season, those things are going to open up for him. And better floor spacing around him, you know, that 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 you're going to you're going to see improvements, but that ball handling and self-creation kind of thing is a work in progress. Mm-hmm. Nothing crucial at the moment. It's not critical and, that he needs it. It will help him elevate his game, but... Yeah, and I think Mike Brown must have seen the same thing, but post-game, he's like, you know, I was happy. You know, it was a good first step is essentially kind of what I took away from what Mike Brown said about it. So I don't think Mike Brown is necessarily expecting this. Yeah, he's going to be the guy, you know. Um, he's going to run the offense. Yeah, we're gonna actually bring Fox off the bench. <laughs> yeah, we got a lot. Of, we got a lot of uh, faith in this guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, that's Keegan Murray for you. I mean, not a bad start, but we'll have to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other topic that we were really interested in was Davion Mitchell's shot, and in this week, as practice was going on, I heard Jason Anderson and others kind of ask. Uh, Mike Brown about it and the indication from them was that Davion's shot was altered in the sense that there was less arc and as we said I think a week or two ago Davion Mitchell came into the league I feel like midway through his rookie season he just just kind of put extra arc on the ball it seemed to work at the end of that rookie season but you know he was so inconsistent and was like a 31 32 percent three-point shooter last season and I think Anderson asked Mike Brown, "Is like, was there too much arc on it? And Mike Brown, you know, gave a Mike Brown answer. He's like, I don't know, as long as it goes in. (laughs) (laughs) But it seems like that was the main adjustment, trying not to just float it up there. I mean, I know more arc on the ball technically gives you a better angle to get the ball in. It gives you more like of a radius to the rim. Mm -hmm. But I feel like if you're just kind of jacking it up, maybe it's not the most precise shot. You're kind of hoping for that better probability. You're not really like working on a better form or a better release or anything like that, but he nailed his first two. And I think his second shot was a deep one. It was like three feet behind the three point line from the top and he sunk it and he looked confident, was playing with confidence. You know, we talked last week, I brought up that question of like, will Duarte challenge Davion for minutes. And we got a few comments where people were like, I'm not really too worried about Davion. And I think another person was like, I'm actually feel like Duarte has more to prove than Davion this season. And I kind of agree with that (laughs) now. So um, I don't know. And another thing that the Toronto broadcast said was uh, one of the, I think the color commentator was talking about 
how he spoke to Doug Christie before the game. And Doug Christie was telling him, like, yeah, Davion's going to have a big year. It's going to be hard to keep him off the floor this season. So I think the the, the buzz around the, the team is they're not really too worried about Davion Mitchell. And I think he missed his last three threes. But, you know, first preseason game, got off to a good start, kind of coming out at that moment, you know, midway through the first quarter that he usually does and supplied a few shots, supplied some defense. You, you kind of get in the mode of that. When you start kind of like getting into a normal rotation, I would imagine he he could more consistently play like that. And uh, when the second unit isn't handling the full load like it did late in the first half and in you know throughout the third quarter, um, things will be easier for him uh, in terms of other guys being out there like Sabonis and Fox. But yeah, I mean, I was happy with Davion's game. I think he he played pretty well. I know that he posted a minus 22 or whatever, but <laughs> that was that second unit was just collectively kind of off. Um, I wouldn't put it all on Duarte, but, you know, it seemed like him and Monk probably didn't have the best games. So I wouldn't write, write too much or read too much into Davion having a good game. I was pretty satisfied from what I saw out of Davion. And clearly there is an alteration to his shot. That was one of the things we were looking for. What looks different. And it looked like there was a little slightly less arc. It looked a little bit more like that shot early in his rookie season. And the confidence is there. Uh, I think when Kevin Herter was talking to the media, I think it was either Wednesday or Friday, he was saying like, um, I think Matt George asked him, he's like, yeah, what do you think about Davion? I heard that he was like chirping after practice. And he's like, yeah, he's been talking a lot. He's way more vocal this season. And that was something he wanted to do last season. I remember at Summer League, you know, in 2022, he's like, I need to be a vocal leader and all that stuff. It was better. I mean, he made improvements at the end of his rookie season. I remember Alvin Gentry talking about that, um, how he, he's not just a rookie that sits in the corner anymore. He's a little more vocal. There was probably some improvements last year, but it was not to the degree that maybe Davion Mitchell and the coaches wanted. But it sounds like he's going all in, full swagger this season, very confident, confident in his shot, confident in his play, obviously confident in his defense. And... I mean, that speaks for itself. And yeah, I think a lot of the worries about Davion, um, not necessarily saying he's going to shoot 36, 37% from three, but I expect him to come out and play a lot better. And I'm not as worried about him anymore. Um, given it's just one preseason game. So. <laughs> one yeah. preseason game where, you know, quite frankly, the second unit was horrible. I mean, I, I don't have that much, you know, I, Davion's going to find the floor regardless with that defense. And I mean, other than his jump shot and, you know, specifically his three point jumper last year, I mean, he was solid. He's good at getting to the rim. He's good at finishing. Um, maybe not the best distributor. Like I'd say Malik's a better distributor, but um, I mean, his defense obviously is stellar. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I, I, like we've said, it's like his a place in the league, a place on the floor uh, is really going to be, come down to his jump shot right so yeah it, it was interesting to see his shot uh a little flatter i didn't unfortunately i unfortunately didn't get to see it as i couldn't get watch the game and he was and out they don't the have any of the on. clips on nba yeah so i'm upset it. i want to see that deep one you're talking about but yeah i trust good. your word for it um I, I didn't mind that hierarchy shot but I, at the same time like if you're just jacking it up there i get the radius and whatnot that's a better like angle they get to the rim there's like more of it to go in i guess um of the ball higher chance but it's also like a longer 
way to get to the rim. And if you're not, you don't have that touch and you're just throwing it up there, then it's really not doing you any good. So um, maybe a straighter line to the rim gives him a better touch. I don't know. I wonder if Steph told him, he's like, yeah, no, the arc thing works for me, but <laughs> he's like, I actually have touch. Uh, yeah. So maybe you want to go back to what you were doing. Yeah. And maybe, note on- maybe. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, maybe he did say that because he wasn't, terrible i mean he wasn't great his rookie year but he definitely had stretches where he wasn't terrible and even in um i don't know i just felt like um i mean summer league was a long time ago where he won mvp but I feel like he was pretty decent from three there too and i remember his shot being a little flatter so mm-hmm. okay but i mean then again he wasn't very good his rookie year he shot like what 32 so we'll see he's older more wise yeah well, one of the things that was interesting, too, is I think when he came in midway, midway through the first, it wasn't for um, Fox. I think Fox, Monk, and him were out there together in that mid to late first quarter. Mm. And I wonder if that's kind of a thing that they want to do. I mean, I still always think about at the end of his rookie season when they had Fox, DiVincenzo, and him playing against the Bucks, And who was guarding Chris Middleton? It was Davion Mitchell for a few minutes. Yeah, and He was battling with them, you know? I mean, not making things easy mm-hmm. on a guy that has a huge height advantage on him. So, especially if you have someone like JaVale or Alex Len there, it's, it's one of those things where maybe you can play a little smaller, one through three, if you have that imposing presence in the middle. But that was out there with Sabonis, so I don't know that might be an interesting thing to mix in the three guard lineups. That was something we talked about last season. Mm-hmm. And so that'd be interesting to see if that can kind of pan out. And I, again, that kind of probably depends on the, depends on the shooting uh, because you have Fox and Monk who probably take ball handling duties away from Davion just being the two better ones. So that'd be an interesting thing to keep an eye on. I think Davion can definitely play his way into winning more minutes. And you kind of start talking about a three guard lineup. Um, with either Murray or Barnes and Sabonis being the four and five, that could be a good closing lineup. That could be a closing lineup you see a lot. And with Davion's defense, you know, that would that would be a huge help and something that they want. And again, for the thousandth time, the shooting <laughs> is so important to that. So it's yes. good to see him be confident. And that's another thing is just like, maybe you're not thinking so much about the shot now. It's like, oh, I got to get more arc on. I got to change it. And, you know, it's more just let me just shoot the ball. So sometimes simplifying things and just doing and not thinking so much um, is, is important. And that's something that Mike Brown's talked about with the team as a whole, like talking about the first couple practices. He's like, yeah, they're doing a good job. There's uh, some good reaction time to guys, but they're still, you can still tell guys are thinking about it. And you kind of need to take that element of thinking out. Things need to become second nature. So in regards to that, that really seems to fit into what, what should be able to work and help Davion which is just, just shoot, just be a shooter, you know? Mm-hmm. So maybe that calms him down a bit and makes him a little more productive in that sense. But he was good. I think I was pretty happy with what Davion brought, and I think he showed glimpses of what could be a real breakout season for him. And he can really help this team out because if you get him on the floor, not only late in games in the regular season, but out in the playoffs, I mean, we were talking about it. It's like maybe there's an argument for why they didn't have Davion out there, but it's like, man, that defense, I mean, with Steph scoring 50 in game seven, it's just like, shoot, yeah. Davion played more than eight minutes. You know, if Davion gives that reason, like, no, I have to be out there because I am shooting, you know, 34, 35% knock on wood, you know, that that helps the team out immensely. So Davion's been a big topic this offseason or this kind of preseason area, kind of 
time and uh he's kind of taking the heat off because you know us cap city us cap city clowns really bring the heat (laughs) he's he's so integral because i mean if he can step up his game i mean he's gonna be a big reason of like how far the kings go i think it's really gonna come between him murray and i think sasha really i think it's those three guys if they can really step up their game it's hard to say sasha step up their game but like actually be like a good NBA player and Davion take that step up, be a good shooter. Keegan take a step up and become like maybe not that third star at this season, but like show like, Oh man, like he's like, he's this dude's going to be really good in the NBA. Not just like break the three point rookie record, but Oh shoot, this guy might score like 25 next season. Kind of good. So, I mean, that's where we're talking about him so much is, like if he can really get his offense going, and again, that's going to come down to his three-point shooting. I mean, his defense is top tier already. So, um, you, you know what you're going to get from Monk Duarte again. He, he's he's a question mark too, but I think those three guys are going to be a little more interesting to watch. I guess yeah. see them improve, but I, you can put Duarte on that list as well. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, one of the interesting things was was the fact that they went with kind of just the ten man rotation basically in the first half, um, or most of the first half. I don't think Vizinkov came in until late in the third quarter. Or yeah, I think he came in late in the third. Or was it the third quarter? Yeah, because I believe yeah, because he was part of that second unit behind the real second unit in that second Mm -hmm. half. So they played with just the ten guys in the first half. So it was the starters and then the backups being. Mitchell, Monk, Duarte, Lyles, and McGee. And, you know, that that does kind of point out the fact that it's like Vizinkov's a little bit on the outside looking in. Obviously, if you have Lyles at the five, Vizinkov slides right into that second unit, but uh, alongside Lyles. But, you know, Vizinkov did, I think, play pretty well. I think what he, he hit a couple of threes uh, with that great stroke, just fantastic. It's like, Amazing to see him do it. I mean, like you see the highlights, you watch some of the games from Olympiacos, but to kind of just see it in a Kings uniform, you're like, oh yeah, that's, that is uh, going to be a menace for a lot of defenses to have to pay attention to spreading the floor. So mm-hmm. the defensive situation, I don't think there was a lot to see there. I don't know that we saw him a lot on ball against guys that were trying to like get him or like go after him, get downhill on him. So I know Mike Brown said, he'll have to rewatch the tape. So that kind of substantiates the fact that it just didn't seem like there was a lot to see. So his defense still kind of remains to be seen, at least on ball. I know when Mike Brown talked about Vizinkov, he, he really was like, we're going to really have to see if Vizinkov, he, the biggest thing he has to prove is prove that he can sit down and defend a guy one-on-one. So maybe there's been issues in practice where that hasn't looked so good, but you know, if you can disguise it, if you can't really get him, where he's he's being pinned or being targeted by the opposing offense, um, if they're not going to do that, then he's going to be a great weapon, whether he's shooting or just spacing the floor and keeping guys honest. So I think it was a pretty solid preseason debut for him, kind of first time in an NBA uniform out on the NBA floor. But we're going to have to see more of a sample size and more challenges come his way. But not too bad from Sasha. It's just like watching a shot. I don't know. That's just kind of... It's so beautiful, really. It's such a so quick nice. release. I mean, he. I think he's going to be a problem just off that shot, really. I, I think he's going to do the dribble handoff well. 
Uh, I think he's going to fit in so well. I'm really excited for this guy. And I think in terms of physicality, I think he he can do that. I think he can be a little physical. I think when he was his first couple of minutes in the game, he was running up floor up the floor, and I think one of the defenders just stopped, and he kind of just gave him a push, no call or anything like that. They kept playing, but you kind of like to see that from him. And he's a tough guy and fearless, so he's going to bring that to him. And again, it's just about that on ball defense, whether it's can hold up, whether it's something that's going to be quote-unquote exploited or something that the team's going to exploit. Uh, we'll have to see. But pretty good start from him. I mean, no complaints. Uh, it'll be interesting to see, again, if the rotations kind of get shifted, if he gets to a little bit earlier minutes, gets to play with some of the starters. Because uh, it'd be really great to see Vizinkov out there with Fox and Sabonis. Because, you know, if you have Sabonis doing a DHL with him or you have Vizinkov opening the floor for Fox, uh, that's really where you're going to see maximum impact in terms of his offensive game. And that can be really exciting. So Vizinkov, pretty good start. We'll see how everything kind of goes with him, but not too bad. It'd be interesting to see, too. He's going to have to play well. He's going to have to play that defense to get out there. Mm-hmm. But one of the things that that can kind of help him with that, Mike Brown referred to Lyles as being so versatile. And he didn't just refer to him as a four and a five. He referred to him playing the three. And I think that uh, in that second half, they did have either, I don't know who was the three. I think Vizenkov was technically the three. But, you know, the versatility versatility of positions might be a little more uh, expanded than initially imagined. I think, you know, whether it's the three-guard lineup, you have, you know, Fox, Monk, Mitchell. Uh, maybe they go a little bigger and they have a Vizenkov or a Lyles playing the three. Quote unquote. I mean, it probably depends on who they're playing and whatnot and how the other team's playing them. But Mike Brown definitely looks like with this deeper team, he's going to try to utilize more guys and uh, versatility helps with that. And he's trying to foster that. And it'll be interesting to see if Vizinkov can help with that because I know Lyles can kind of do that a little bit. Um, and I don't know if I feel as comfortable with Lyles playing the three as Vizinkov or vice versa. Um, That'll be interesting. That kind of remains to be seen. That's something to kind of keep an eye on as well. But yeah, good note. Utility. Mm-hmm. Um, they do have a lot. Yeah. But like kind of moving on to another topic here, we kind of alluded to this, to one of these guys earlier for having a good game in the preseason game against Toronto. But one of the topics that we kind of talked about leading into training camp was the third point guard. You know, are they going to add a third point guard? Of course, they signed Jordan Ford to a two-way contract and I think Mike Brown got asked about that in the third point guard situation and Mike Brown was like yeah you know Jordan Ford he definitely could be a third point guard in this league but he indicated that he's kind of looking more at Colby Jones and Keon Ellis to kind of fill that role and I think Keon plays played a little bit more of the point guard position at you know in that preseason game and he showed a lot in the summer league that can I think shows promise for that but it, maybe it doesn't have so much to do with the third point guard for Colby Jones, but Colby Jones had a great game. I think he was he looked terrific. He looked very natural out there. He brought some physicality on defense. He navigated through screens um, extremely well, keeping his body on guys. He was good on offense as well. And, you know, you never know what you're going to get out of a rookie second-round pick. You know, I know he's the feature pick from the draft, but he had a really nice game, and I think – when Mike Brown said that the third unit was great, that he was very proud of him, I think Colby Jones kind of 
was the leader of that unit. I know Jordan Ford did have a good game. He went four or five from the field. And, you know, Keon Ellis uh, didn't shoot well, but he, he was bringing some ball pressure and whatnot and playing decently. But I think Colby Jones was kind of the star of that unit. And, you know, it, it's going to be obviously a long way until he can, like, crack the rotation. But in terms of a third point guard, and it's not like he would necessarily get all the handling duties, but it would, you know, he'd be another handler that you could bring into the rotation should Fox or Mitchell not be playing. And I don't know. I mean, Colby Jones looks solid and he's going to have to do it again and again in the, in the preseason and continue to show his coach that he can play uh, to that standard. But in terms of doing the little things, I think that's where he would look best, you know, staying with this guy, you know, getting involved in terms of finding open guys and taking shots without kind of hesitating and just kind of doing all the little things, which seem to make up what, physical basketball should be and I think he did really well I think um you know JaVale McGee said something this week where it's just like you gotta you know one of the important things with like talking to these some of these younger guys is not saying something that's going to get them like kind of like not not directing someone to the point where they're going to kind of get away from what the coaches want you know because it's just like all these guys want to do well and everything like that and they want to try to like squeeze in and show what they can do. But it seems like Colby Jones is staying within the limits of what his coaches wanted to do. And that seems like it's going to serve him extremely well. And again, it was just he played 11 minutes. It's not a huge sample size. Two of six from the field, one of three from three. Not like he shot the lights out or anything like that, but solid, you know. And a great, we're talking about it being a, the first preseason game within a week of the start of training camp great first start for Colby Jones. And I think he was one of the more promising and uh, satisfactory performers in Sunday's game. And yeah, I mean, if that third point guard situation, you know, if you get Fox missing a game or two here and there, I mean, Davion Mitchell is a workhorse and I think he played 81 games last season. So his availability has always been pretty good. So, but should that happen, you know, Colby Jones could step in there and play a few minutes I wouldn't be surprised if he could do that. I mean, it's not going to be a huge thing. He's still a rookie. He's still not one of the top 12 players on the team, maybe. But he looked good. And, you know, there's obviously going to be questions about a second-round pick, what they can provide in their first year. Um, I think if push comes to shove and he has to play, I think he's he think he has a chance to be solid, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think his ceiling, I mean, no offense to you, Colby, I think his ceiling is a role player in the NBA. And if he can stay within that role, something like we kind of saw on Sunday, then he's, you know, I I have no problem with him, you know, filling in as that third string point guard, uh, maybe bringing the ball up or running the offensive. Uh, He needs to, or just playing at that point guard position if Fox or Mitchell's out. Um, I mean, that's what he's going to have to do to make it in this league. And, I think that was a good glimpse on Sunday. Yeah. I was just kind of like surprised by that. Cause that was one thing to watch for is, well, how's the rookie going to look? And he looked, mm. he looked good. I mean, I think one of the things that you could say about Colby Jones coming out of college is just like, he's a high character guy and good work ethic to him. And very clearly he wants to do the right thing and help the team. And, you know, I think not focusing too much on Jalen Slauson, but because he's the other rookie, you saw it in, in, in summer league. It's just like, what's this guy's role going to be? I can't figure it out because he was such a point forward at Furman. And it's just like, uh, I don't know. 
what that translates to in the NBA or even the G League. And, you know, he's obviously going to try to go out there and play a certain way. And I think the role that they want him to play, being so reduced compared to what he did to college, is going to take a bit of an adjustment for him, especially as an older rookie. But Jordan, I mean, not Jordan Ford, Colby Jones is just, seems like he's going to do what you want. And I mean, like you think about rookie role players, I mean, like Christian Brown in like Denver last season. I mean, he was so great because he did what Mike Malone wanted him to do, you know, just did Mm -hmm. little things, brought some intensity on defense, hit open shots when they came his way. And obviously Colby Jones, I don't think is going to have that role in an eight or nine man rotation like Brown did. And Brown was a late first round pick um, as opposed to Jones, who was an early second round pick. But, you know, that's that's a great weapon to have at your disposal and. You know, Mike Brown talked about, you know, there's going to be a rotation of, you know, eight or nine guys in the regular season or nine or 10 rather in the regular season. But he, he said something to the effect of like, you know, but guys are going to, I'm going to throw guys out there. I'm going to throw the 13th man out there. I just want to see what he can do. I want to remind them that they have to stay ready. And I think Colby Jones is going to thrive in that situation. I think he understands that he's a rookie. He's a second round pick. His role is not to be anything close to him you know, him in college where he was the best player on Xavier. So I think he's got a good clear eyed kind of understanding of what the situation here is in his rookie season. And again, that's not necessarily going to translate to him playing 75 games or something like that. But in terms of a first step, again, I think that was one of the more positive things to take away from this game. So Colby Jones, you know, Colby uh, Jack. Colby Jack Cheese, man. I mean, like we we kept saying it. It's like you could have gotten this guy at pick 24. You got him at like pick 34 or whatever it was. And it's just like this guy just feels like it's a nice little uh, little weapon that they picked up. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Monty McNair doing it again. Monty McNair, those high quality guys. That's what he's about, you know. Um, loves it. It's worked out so far. Yeah, but. I guess kind of as a last topic, and I just kind of thought about this, but in terms of that rotation stuff, Mike Brown was asked about, you know, you know, this is like a deeper team. Would you ever like, you think there'll ever be like a change in the starting five or you're just going to kind of have those guys out there? And Mike Brown kind of surprisingly in my eyes was just like, yeah, I mean, the starting five is going to get the first go in the, in the start to season and whatnot, but I'm not going to be afraid to make a tough decision. And based on that, if you had to say who, not that anybody's at risk of losing in this, losing out on a starting position, um, of the five starters, who do you think could most possibly be moved to the bench should something like that occur? Man, that's a tough question. Um, right. Not Fox, not Sabonis, obviously. Oh, They're... really? You don't think you don't think Sabonis? <laughs> would be like, that solved the backup center problem right there. I almost want to say. Maybe something controversial. I want to say, no, actually, yeah, actually, I want to say Keegan. I want to say if Bezenkov is playing super well, and Keegan hits a sophomore slump, then I don't think they'll be afraid of, you know, throwing Bezenkov and or Bezenkov or whatever. Yeah, you got it. You're getting it. Bezzy. I'm just gonna call him Bezzy. Um, Sasha Bezzy. What's up, Sasha Bezzy? Sasha Bezzy. Uh, um. Yeah, I mean, that's the first thing that comes to mind. I don't see Barnes getting really replaced. Herter, I, I think he's the next obvious choice. 
But I mean, Malik, I don't see it being Malik Monk. I see it being Colby Jones or maybe even Chris Duarte yeah. uh, replacing him because Malik's just so uh, invaluable off the bench. So uh, I, I just don't see Malik taking over for that starting shooting guard role. Um, and it's hard to see Herder going out too. Even with his shooting struggles, he still brings stuff to the floor. Um, that's why I say Murray, just because, you know, sophomore slump happens. He start, really starts to struggle. The Kings don't really have that leeway as like a second-year player. You know, sometimes the second-year players <laughs> recently in Kings history, it's like, yeah, like, we still suck. Just let him work through his struggles. I mean, that's not how the case is anymore. It's no. We're trying to win now. Maybe not so much now like as other teams, but like they're, you know, they're trying to win-win. And uh, if he's struggling and Sasha or – I mean, I don't really see Trey getting that nod at the four. But right. – um, yeah, I mean, I, like I said, I have high hopes for Sasha, so I could see him taking it. What about you? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I agree with you in a lot of ways, but I almost think just because Murray, they have such high hopes for Murray, I feel like, I don't know if they, I mean, he'd have to have a really, like he'd really have to be slumping. Because I was almost more tempted to go with, with, with Herter, but... I do agree that if someone's going to step up, I think Vizenkov has a better chance to step up than Duarte, especially after this first preseason game. It felt like Duarte was playing catch-up all game. But if Duarte were to take the step in year three that people expected him to take in year two, if he can shoot well from three and bring a baseline of defense, I think he's a he, – I mean, Herder can be a good defender, but I think maybe Duarte is a more consistent defender. And I think if Duarte had, you know – if he can really bring out the maximum output, I guess you could make the same argument for Herder, but I almost do kind of agree in the sense that if there was a guy off the bench that was really going to step up, I think Vizenkov could really do that. Euroleague MVP. If he can just show that baseline on defense, we know he's going to shoot. I was, we were talking a little bit earlier about, you know, it would be really great to see him play with Fox and Sabonis because that's really where I feel like you're going to see everything kind of mesh and unlock very well. And that might take some time, but, you know, should that happen, that would not surprise me. But, you know, I, I do get the sense that Mike Brown says stuff like that to keep people honest. And it's, yeah. it's such a highly competitive and deep team, deeper than it even was last season. They were pretty deep, you know, even as, you know, that stuff wasn't like one of the things you were kind of saying there, like they have to win. They have the target on their back now. So they're going to they're going to be ready to try to exploit weaknesses in guys. So. There could be an opportunity for a change in the starting lineup. I don't necessarily seeing it happen. I don't know if Mike Brown's really thinking about that right now. But I doubt it. Let's be yeah, real. I, I don't see guys honest at this I, point. Exactly. I, I do not see the starting lineup changing at all. Like like actually bring, thinking about it, it's like I mean, even the even what I said is like a stretch. Yeah. For the hope for murdering. And Duarte would really have to outperform harder. Exactly, exactly. You know, and again, I'm just kind of recycling that whole like, well, is Duarte going to take minutes from Mitchell? And like Mitchell gets me off his back and I'm like, well, it's Herder. (laughs) Is he going to lose out to to Duarte? But no, I agree. I mean, they were one of the best starting lineups in terms of like overall efficiency last season. I think they played like the most minutes together. So we're talking about continuity and being one of the strengths of this team. It's kind of hard to imagine. Something would really kind of have to go catastrophically wrong. But I think an honorable mention in terms of that conversation, just maybe kind of as a dream situation, I feel like the best, like maybe the best for the team would be Barnes coming off the bench. Just because 
I mean, I, I think we talked about it before. It's like, man, imagine if Barnes could bring that Iguodala type presence or that Sean Livingston type presence that was going on in Golden State. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. Barnes got thrown into the starting lineup again in Kerr's first year after getting benched in his second NBA season, and he had a great year. And, you know, Barnes can recognize that. I think he would take, you know, obviously he wants to start. He signed an extension and all that stuff. He's being paid like a starter, but. I feel like Barnes would take it the most gracefully and have kind of the best big picture outlook on how that helps the team. But again, that's not really anywhere close to happening. The way the starters started the game, I think that's a real big indication that they're, they are such a good unit and a change at the starting lineup is obviously not on the horizon, but it is interesting to consider because that was an interesting thing that Mike Brown said, you know, and again, kind of the main takeaway from that is just like, it's highly competitive and he's just keeping guys honest. And it kind of is almost in the same light of like, well, I'm going to throw the 13th guy out there. I want everybody to be ready. I want everybody to understand, you know, that we want the best possible situation out there and everybody's got to be ready for anything. So maybe that's just good coaching from Mike Brown. Good little uh, rhetoric in terms of keeping guys motivated and honest. Mm-hmm. But an interesting question I wanted to ask. Yeah. Yeah, it is an interesting question. That he, and something that he did say, so he something did. to keep an eye on, even though I see it as unlikely. But it is interesting to think about as well. Indeed. But well, we got to an hour, over an hour here. And yeah. I did not think we were gonna be able to talk that much about such an ugly preseason game, but here we are. We did it. Uh yeah. The uh, <laughs> first preseason game and Probably be doing the podcast every week now going forward now that the Kings are going to be on consistently until hopefully May uh, or June. Hopefully they June. Get lucky. Well, is the finals going to go into July this season? Uh, I don't know. I, I, like a week and a half later with the whole cup thing and them yeah. not wanting to with the NFL as much, it seems like, at least early in the season. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Maybe maybe July. The Kings are going to play until August. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The Kings are never going to stop playing. It's going to go all year round, baby. We'll start competing in Europe or something or whatever's playing <laughs> during the summer. <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Well, then we got Summer League at that point, like in July still, right? At the end of it? Yeah. Or no, it's like the beginning, yeah. right? Like July 4th weekend. Yeah. So. It'd be crazy. Seriously. Are they going to move the draft back? I know. Look, exactly. It's just I don't look up draft. <laughs> 2024 NBA draft. Yeah. All right. Let's check it Let's out. See. Do they have a date for it? I don't think they do. Doubt it. I don't think it's do. pretty far out. Yeah, I don't see anything. When yeah. is the 2024 NBA draft? Well, they it will say, be held in late June of 2024. Yeah, they say it'll likely take place on the 20th of June. No. So maybe. It's probably not. Yeah. It no. probably won't go to July. That's pretty normal draft time. We're gonna our, our next uh, our next topic will be the 2024 mock draft. <laughs> Who do you the like? Kings? Who's gonna fit in? Who's gonna be the fourth pick of Monty McNair? Do I don't know? Do the Kings not have a first round pick next year? Well, because it's gonna go to um, oh, Atlanta. I think. Well, never mind. I guess we don't care. Back to back years with no first round pick would be fantastic. No need to get rid of Holmes. We're projected to take Aiden Mahaney. 
Point guard shooting guard with pick number 40 out of St. Mary's. He's a sophomore. I love that they even try to do mock draft. I mean, like, it's more about draft positioning than, like, fit for the team or whatever. But yeah. Why don't you just do that? Why do you have to put the team on there? Like, it just gets, like, kids excited. (laughs) Like, oh, my God, we're going to get this guy. Jalen Bridges, small forward out of Baylor, is a senior with our 54th pick. (laughs) <laughs> Way too early mock draft 2024 episode 71 King's Talk. <laughs> we had nothing to talk about this week. We couldn't watch the <laughs> preseason game again. <laughs> so we're going to talk about the draft. <laughs> Love it. Well, anyways, um, I think that's all the topics we got today. Uh, John, anything else you want to bring up? No, nah, I'm looking forward to another week of training camp interviews and another playoff or another preseason game. Another preseason game. Games until we talk again because they'll play Wednesday against the Lakers. And then, as we said earlier, that Golden State Warriors game on Sunday on ESPN. On ESPN, yeah. So I, I don't really know how to watch the Lakers game. I hope it's on Kings.com. But I see it's also on NBA TV, which I don't get. So uh, I don't know if I'll watch it. We'll find out. And then we'll see if, if it is on kings.com. We'll see uh, if I can actually access it this time. But Lakers, always fun. Warriors, always fun, even if it's preseason. Um, hey, it's something to watch, right? On a Wednesday. Yeah. Well, it's a shame that Sacramento couldn't get the live stream working right away. You know, I, I wonder if Dial Pod could help with that. <laughs> dial Pad? Is it Dial Pad or Dial Pod? It's Dial Pad. Well, shit. <laughs> Are you stupid? Sounds like a. Never mind. I'm not going to say it. But dial pad. Huh? <laughs> We're just getting this here. Um, <laughs> I want to thank you all for joining as always. Uh, until next time, have a good one.